All right. Well, here we are. Uh, the last message that we have uh, at this location. Uh, it's been a blessing uh, to be here for the last two years, uh, especially through the whole COVID season. We've, we've had plenty of space to kind of move things around at times to, to shift that. I remember when we had like three chairs there and five chairs over there and, and, and all of that. And, and this space definitely allowed us uh, to be able to do that. We're going to be heading to the venue, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the announcements, which is on the corner of Main and Court. Um, the entrance is on the back side of that. Uh, we'll be upstairs. We'll have signs out and get some stuff up online and, and everything like that uh, as well. Now, uh, anybody here been to the venue before? All right, about half the people. Um, it's an old church. Uh, it's actually one of the first churches in Janesville that was built. Um, we head to the second floor, but then the auditorium itself is two stories tall. Uh, and so it's just this really big open space. There's this really cool arch that's kind of like behind the stage. Um, and it's a, got a great old feel to it. I, I really like being in that location. We've actually done a couple of church services there already. Um, we've done some weddings. Uh, there's some people here that, yep, that was married there. And we did the ceremony for that. So... Um, yeah, beautiful location for that. Um, but then the other thing is to kind of keep in mind with that uh, is that it's a, a three-month contract. Um, and so we're there for three months, and uh, after three months, their busy season kind of kicks up. And so if they feel like they're, they're too busy, um, they have the option, or if we find a place, we have the option um, to be a little bit more, more nimble with that. So um, today's message actually is, I was praying about what to do, and we've been going through the series in John, um, and I felt like we needed to go this direction, and we're going to be in Exodus uh, a little bit this morning, Numbers, we'll take a look at James, uh, and I was kind of praying, like, well, why, why this message? Uh, and I felt it's because I need it. Um, and so you're kind of along the ride for what I needed the Lord to tell me, um, but I also think it's kind of for all of us, because uh, as we head into this, uh, there's a number of, of changes and adaptions uh, that need to be made. Um, we're going to have to set up chairs and tables, uh, kind of like we, we've been doing so. Uh, we need to set up and tear down speakers and an audio system. Uh, and so that's kind of something new. Like right now here, everything's like hung and done and we've got the board and instead we've got to like carry speakers in with us and set up the board and uh, everything like that. We've got the audio and video recording. Um, we've got room for about 10 totes uh, in the new building. Um, whereas here, like we had a room almost on every floor, uh, which was nice. And so we're going to have to make some adaptions with that. Uh, our children's ministry uh, will have to be very basic in comparison because we don't have a whole room that we can just move from one spot uh, over to the next spot. Um, hospitality, we still haven't figured that out. There's not a coffee maker there. Uh, and so we're going to have to uh, figure out what we're doing with that. And then if we're not sure if we're going to be able to use these TVs yet uh, or if we're going to be able to uh, have to get a projector and a screen and everything like that. There's an elevator, so you don't have to go up the stairs. But if you jump on the elevator, it will stop. There, there's like a sign right in there that says no jumping on the elevator. Apparently there's some safety thing that if you jump on the elevator, even if it's in between floors, 
it literally will stop and we have to call the fire department to get you out and then we have to pay for that uh, which is part of our contract so no jumping on the elevator as fun as that can be at times don't do it <laughs> um, uh, and then parking will be kind of limited, but it's similar to what we have here. Now, I'm, why am I bringing up all these things? You know, kind of some of the changes, some of the things that are going to be a little bit uh, more difficult, possibly uh, more frustrating, is, is because there's a number of ways for us to really react to this move. Um, it ranges uh, all the way from optimism, like this is going to be great. It's the next step that the Lord has for us, as, as Jesse has prayed. Uh, and then there's another thing like, Oh, well, we don't have TVs and now it's just a projector and it's not as comfortable or it's not as nice or the bathrooms are nicer there. I like them. I like them better. Um, but, you know, or the children's ministry, you know, maybe you won't be able to be set up as nice. And um, again, it could be the glass half full, the glass, how do you see this? Uh, and while we don't have a choice uh, of whether or not we're moving, like, we just don't have that choice. Uh, we have a choice in how um, we respond to it. And, and that's kind of the message that I needed myself this week. Uh, and felt like maybe some of us also needed because um, this is like our fourth or fifth move. Um, and it is the second one in a row that wasn't instigated by us. Uh, in other words, we've been happy where we are, and something's happened, something's changed. Uh, and so because of that, we have to, to kind of go out and go looking. And um, even in that, like, the hope is when you have to leave somewhere that, that you're able to find, like, that next step. Like, oh, this is, like, our permanent home. This is our new place. This is a place that we can make our own and kind of put down roots and, and, and just be there. And it's something that we've been hoping for. Uh, and so in that, as I'm, I'm kind of praying through this and considering all of this and, and, and both that tension within myself, within like wanting to be optimistic and like the Lord knows what he's doing and I know what he's doing. But at the same time, like there's another part of me that's like jerking the wheel of my uh, contentedness off into the ditch saying, but no. Um, and so what I wanted to look today at was the nation of Israel uh, heading to the promised land. Uh, and kind of the things that they had gone through, uh, because I, I think it's something that can correlate to us at times. Like we have this ideal sense of what we want as a church for a building. Like, like to be able to have a space to gather would be great. To have children's rooms that don't have to be set up all the time, that would be nice. That could be the, the milk and the honey flowing and, you know, a nice parking space that we don't have to worry about, you know, other people coming or broken down cars sitting where we want to park or getting plowed in or anything like that and uh, not having to set up and tear down and all these other things. Like we can have this ideal sense. Classrooms would be really, really cool. Uh, maybe some dorms. Like we could create like a shopping list uh, of our promised land type church that, that we want to pray for. And honestly, we've been praying for that stuff for a number of years and, and wanting those things. And so in taking a look at this, kind of correlating that idea of uh, the nation of Israel knows that they're heading somewhere. And we know that we're heading somewhere as well, but how did they respond and what can we learn from that? 
Uh, and so just kind of a recap, the nation of Israel had been living in Egypt for hundreds of years, uh, kind of devolved into this aspect of slavery where they were beat and, and forced to work to, to even gather their own straw in order to make bricks and, and, and all of that. We can read through this story uh, in Genesis from that. Uh, Ill-treated. And through a number of different miracles, uh, God had promised to set them free. Uh, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 17, uh, I have promised you that I will bring you up from the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. I don't even know if I pronounced those right, but, but, but the trick when you're publicly reading is just to do it quickly with confidence and nobody knows. So the list of all these ites um, is where they're going to be going. But then here's this promise of a land flowing with milk and honey. I just imagine for a moment like, what that promise would be to the nation of Israel. Like, like their life day after day after day is, is to get up and they were living in the land of Goshen. It was something that was kind of set aside and detested by the Egyptians. So, so they'd have to wake up there in, in kind of their exclusion area and travel to where the work would need to be to report into the Egyptian slavers, say, here I am, uh, as they had whips ready in order to drive them to do what they wanted them to do. Then they would eat whatever food that they could get, and they would just do it over again and over again for generation after generation. And then here's this promise of God saying, I'm going to take you out of uh, this misery of Egypt. I'm going to take you out of this place uh, of slavery and bring you to a land flowing with milk and honey, and it's going to be yours. And just that idea, just that, that promise, that sense would bring them hope. And they went through a, a roller coaster uh, of trusting in that as they would go into um, the, the miracles that would be happening in order to bring them out of the slavery uh, to Egypt. And, and I feel like we have some of those things ourselves. Like as we were going through the Acts 2.42 nights, um, for a while. We were seeking God. Like as soon as we found out that we'd have to leave uh, this building, we've been praying and asking God, like, what do you have for us? And we feel like there's a, a bunch of identity type things as a church that he has given to us that, that we're going to be a char church that's marked by our worship. That, and not just by songs, but the way we submit our life to God. That we're going to be a church that uh, really cares about one another and, and invests in that and a number of different things that uh, we want to walk in that identity and and so we trust and believe that whatever building whatever location god has for us to to ultimately land in is will facilitate and help us to be able to do those things and so we have that hope of what god we feel like god's been calling us to and, and yet what we're looking for is those miracles that take place to deliver us out of this moving from place to place to place to place uh, in order to, to plant us where he has for us uh, to be. Nation of Israel is facing this. They, they have to go and uh, travel to get to the promised land. And as they did, they weren't happy with their temporary situation. As they moved from place to place to place, um, they weren't happy and often complained that it was taking too long. 
that there wasn't enough meat, that the water wasn't fresh enough, that Moses didn't know what he was doing, uh, or they complained over the fact uh, that they had to eat heavenly bread. Like, like that's one of the things that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, like you're in a desert, arid land. There, there's nothing to eat, and you wake up in the morning, and God is like sprinkled food on the ground for you just to go out and, and pick and have. And I guess maybe after day after day after day of having the same thing, that might feel a little monotonous, and that's where the temptation came for them. But I love the way that Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 says this. It says, The riffraff among them had a strong craving for other food. So, so the complainers amongst them, the, the troublemakers, the, the riffraff uh, had a strong craving for other food. The Israelites wept again. Who will feed us meat? We remember the free fish that we ate in Egypt, along with the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our appetite's gone. There's nothing to look at but manna. Like, I just, I, I, this is one of my favorite verses in, in the whole Bible. Because it's like, do you remember back when we were slaves and like they would beat us, but at least we had garlic and leeks? Like, as human beings, we can be so fickle and we tend to remember the things that we want to remember and forget the things that we want to forget. And I think we have, you know, that same temptation within ourselves uh, that we've been through situations and, and God's done some really cool things. And, and even in this, the provision for us to be able to go to the venue and that it's only three months really kind of helps us to stay mobile. Right? Like, like if something pops up, then we're able to, to move on that. But God has done some miraculous things within our church. And I think the temptation might come to us saying like, oh, if we could just have the nice lights again. If we could just have the sound system that we don't have to set up. If we could just have this. If we could just have that. Those temptations might be coming. Um, and we have to remember this. Like, we need to walk with God wherever he has for us to be. And then when they did get to the promised land, do you remember what they did? They complained about how much work it would be to actually go in and take it. God's like, here it is, you can go now. And, and Joshua and Caleb went in there with the rest of the spies. And they're like, yeah, it's some land flowing with milk and honey. And it would be great to live there. But it's going to be really, really hard to kind of establish ourselves there. And Joshua and Caleb were like, well, God's with us. Like, no problem. And the rest of the nation was like, oh, it's too hard. And so God's response is like, you're going to wander for a while again. Right now, I feel like we haven't done something to that magnitude where God's like, okay, as a church, you're going to wander for the next 10 years from location to location to location. Um, and I don't think anybody, as we've been seeking the Lord, has had this sense. What we have is a sense of him wanting to do something with us. Uh, and so we want to step forward in faith in that. But even when that's revealed to us, maybe, maybe it's a location that's going to take a lot of elbow grease for us to actually get into. Or maybe it's going to look a little bit different than what we wanted to. I just wanted to bring this up because I want to be cautious about complaining about the work that God's actually calling us to do so that we don't end up having to wander more. Um, but we find ourselves facing a choice. How do we respond 
to this temporary location? How do we respond uh, to having to move again? And I think it's an opportunity for us to, to be able uh, to grow, to be able to follow as the Lord leads, but it's also an opportunity for temptation um, for different things where we start comparing ourselves and um, our little church plant to, to other churches or to even what we've had before at churches that we used to go to. Um, you know, places with like all the bells and whistles, all the amenities, the, the cappuccino machine that you're able to do that. or um, I've been in churches where like, a- as you walk into the foyer, there's like um, a ball pit with like the big slides that are like going into it. And, like kids walk into that building and they're like, yeah, this is the most coolest thing ever. Um, you know, churches that don't have to set up and tear down, churches that have youth groups that have whatever that we don't have. <laughs> like it's easy to kind of look at those things. And, and do we start complaining about them? Um, or are we going to take this as an opportunity to say, God, what are you calling us to do? It, it feels, to me, it feels like a little bit of a desert uh, to be leaving here and heading to a location that's only guaranteed for three months. I, I'm just being honest with that. Like, like, what I want from the Lord is like, here's your next space for the next 20 years, for, for the next foreseeable future. Like, like, that's what I want to be doing is walking to that promised land type of location, and we're not doing that yet. Uh, and so honestly, all these things are things that I've had to wrestle within myself because it still feels like we're kind of wandering around with tents in the desert. And God's saying, all right, go sit up here for a little while. All right, now I'm moving you over here, and I'm going to set up you here for a little while. And, and all these little temptations can come in. But one of the reasons why he had the Israelites moving around uh, is it wasn't ready yet. Right? And, and so I have to remind myself of that, is that maybe there's a building that there's a business in or another church in or something else that, that God's moving in a situation that we just can't see yet, and it's going to be three months or six months, or two years, or whatever else it might be. But are we going to be faithful in the meantime as God says, all right, you're going to be here for a while. Now pick up your tent and go over here for a while. And it can be frustrating, but if we truly believe and know that God is leading us, we can step forward in faith in it. We can step forward in faith in it and trust that, that even though we may not have all the bells and whistles that other churches do, he's calling us to be a church for a reason, for a purpose, and that's to make his kingdom known and to minister to one another. And, and so that's what we have to commit to do. God, what's the next step? The next step means no coffee for three months? Then let's do that with joy. Now, I'm hoping that we get coffee. I'm really hoping that we get coffee. We figure that out. But I want to have this um, attitude of regardless of what comes, regardless of how we have to, like, tighten our belt or be bare bones for whatever the season might be, uh, I want to have this attitude of joy that, that there is a purpose in this because God's growing us through this and through difficulties or through circumstances that we'd rather be more comfortable. Uh, We've looked at this passage a number of times, but appropriate again in this is James chapter 1, which says, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Uh, And I feel like another move is another trial. And, you know, is this done in joy or is this done in, uh, um, in frustration? 
Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so it's this idea as we go through difficult circumstances, and if we choose to do that, walking with the Lord, not necessarily knowing what the end result will look like, or even how we'll get through the next trial in front of us, but if we do it with Him, it produces an increase of our faith, it produces a, an endurance that, that brings us uh, as individuals into a full maturity, and I believe the same thing is for our church. That as we face various trials or circumstances or, or moves or, or difficulties, that we have an opportunity that, that if we walk through it in faith and, and God is faithful and we look back and say, look at what he's done. Only he could have done this. That it brings us to a place of spiritual maturity as a church. That we wouldn't get um, if, if we had been spoon-fed. We wouldn't get if some millionaire just all of a sudden showed up and said, uh, what would you like? Okay, here's the blank check. Go for it. That would be cool, right? And God could totally do that. But would our faith be as increased as much? We would call it a blessing. But what happens when difficult times comes down the road after that? But if we get to that place by going through these difficult circumstances or ones that we would just prefer not to be in, and we do it in faith and allow the Lord to work within us and to strengthen us, he's preparing us for whatever it is that he has next. And I want to get there prepared instead of trying to take an easy road and all of a sudden facing this thing that he's calling us to do that's going to take a lot of faith and stepping out in situations that we may not know what the end will be, but he says, I want you to do this. And because he's been faithful every step of the way as we move from this location to the venue and wherever the next one is, we'll be able to trust him because we see how faithful he is uh, in each of those things. Now, even as I'm talking about this um, and this concept of the church and, and the choice that we kind of face, how do we respond to this? Um, I also don't want to skip over the fact that this concept relates to our own personal lives within us as well. Each of us is a work in progress, right? And, and in Philippians chapter 1, um, Paul says, uh, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with all joy for all of you in my every prayer, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so we're all this work in progress. Now, now which one of us here knows what that will look like on the end? Instead, what we really struggle with is where we're currently at. The difficult situations that we face, the, the things that God needs to, to convict and bring healing to, the, the boldness that he's asking us to step out into. Uh, maybe it's a relationship that we have that, that we need to work on or we're asking God to heal. Like, like we have this envision of our, our hope of what our marriage might look like, but yet it doesn't feel like that in the moment. 
And yet God's promise is that he will bring this work to completion through the work of the Holy Spirit. He promises that he will take us to that place. We just don't necessarily know step by step how it is that we're going to get there. And so we face that same choice that we face as a church and that the Israelites faced. Are we going to do it with that sense of joy of like, okay, here's this difficult situation and I I get to go through it with Jesus. And yes, it's going to be hard, but man, is he going to work in me through this? I'm going to be strengthened. And and as long as I'm walking with him step by step, uh, nothing can separate me from his hand. More than conquerors in the world against all things. And, And he will carry us through and will come out the other side stronger and more prepared for whatever else he has. Or the other temptation is to start looking at other people and what they have or what their marriages might look like from the outside or their job situation, their family situation, the Christian that seems like everything's together and has no problems, and then we just start to complain because we don't have what we want instead of recognizing that God's actually having us on a journey for a purpose. And I think that's something that we need to... um, and so the whole passage in James is about is consider it all joy when you face these trials because God is using them. And, and so the question that is before us, you know, whether that is in our personal lives, uh, in a situation that we want to be different, uh, restorations in family or marriage, for God to move at our work, our friends, our neighborhood, uh, sin that we're struggling with, all those things, um, or it's our church situation, our choices are, are we going to complain about the difficulty and in doing so, avoid the work that God's calling us to go through, the, the transforming work that he's calling us to go through? Or are we going to enter into saying, God, I trust you. This is what you have for me. I want to be faithful in the moment as you lead. And in doing so, I know that you will complete the work that you have begun. We need to be patient, faithful, and then we get to see what he does, which is the cool part. Uh, Father, we come before you this morning. Uh, We thank you for this. I thank you for this reminder um, as we find ourselves in a situation that I'd rather not be in. Um, But Lord, we confess that we believe and trust you are at work. That your ways are higher than our ways. That your plans are greater than any plan that we could come up with on our own. Uh, And I'd rather have yours. Uh, And so, Lord, as we pack up and we move from this place this day, let us do it with joy and excitement into where you're calling us to go. As we head into the venue, uh, that it would be with a sense of anticipation and faithfulness um, week by week and day by day. Lord, I pray the same thing for our personal lives. We all have areas that, that you are working in and areas that uh, maybe we drag our feet or hesitate to allow you to work in. I pray that we would not complain, that we would not compare, uh, but we embrace the work that you're doing within us with joy, trusting that your design, your plan, your purpose for our life, the identity that you've given to us, is greater than anything that we can do on our own. Let us do this with joy. Protect us from comparing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.